Growing Up with a growing understanding speech pathology. Conversations about children's development that will support you through your parenting journey. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up with a Growing Understanding Speech Pathology. And today I am joined by Kirsty Russell and she is a consultant around inclusive parenting. And Kirsty is also the mum of children with additional needs. And so today she's going to be sharing some of her insights about what is inclusive parenting and what does it involve and what can we do to make inclusive environments for our children as well as for the community as a whole. So thanks so much for joining us, Kirsty. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about your journey and about your children and what led you to your current business and your current role as a consultant. It's been a long and winding road, I think, with a lot of us. Initially, I suppose it all started with with the birth of my children. So for a long time, I actually worked in the public service and I enjoyed doing various things there. But then when my first child was born, my son, he just turned 17 the other week, so I'm feeling very old right now. Um, he, he was born with oculocutaneous albinism, which is a condition where he has no pigmentation, his hair, skin and eyes. And that resulted in vision impairment, but also for him to be very fair skinned and very sensitive in the sun. So I was thrown sort of, I suppose, into, into parenting in a very different way from the beginning. I didn't know any different. So it was, um, yeah, quite a, quite a shock to be thrown into that. And then um, when he was just before he turned four, he was diagnosed with autism, also sensory processing disorder. So we had a lot of things coming at us, I guess, in a very short space of time. So I suppose I found myself initially writing blogs. So I wanted to share my experience, I suppose, in trying to work through this, particularly when I went back to work after having my two other daughters. So yeah, and I started sharing sort of what we were doing, the challenges we were finding, and trying to find a positive view of things, because so much in that space and that parenting space is negative. And as I sort of thought about it more, and I talked to more and more parents, I was more motivated, I suppose, to do something about it. So I moved from writing blogs, then into actually looking at, okay, doing speaking. So I went and did speaking with a few different organisations. And now I've been doing some professional development with both schools, but also professionals like OTs and speeches, just to give more insight into the parent experience. Because a lot of it is about understanding sort of that, the grief, the emotions, all of that huge shift that happens. And there's so much that can be done in just the general interactions and the communication with professionals to help parents, you know, become more confident and to, to become more engaged and, and to actually have those those better outcomes for our kids. And so what sort of concepts are you touching on when you're doing your consulting to various professionals and groups? What sorts of things are you imparting and sharing with them? Well, the big thing I think is there's a few I suppose, key things when it comes to parents. And the first one is just the negativity. I think we're in this negative space because when you receive a diagnosis of whatever it might be for your child, it's based on deficits and it's based on, you know, things that, and you're generally given a disorder. And so a lot of the time for parents, behaviours that may have just been, that's what my child does, suddenly get this negative connotation. And in having to deal with the system, deal with the schools to get the support you need, with the NDIS to get the funding you need, etc., you always need to focus on the negatives. You have to focus on what your child can't do. It's a really big issue, I think, that that isn't isn't sort of, I suppose, considered or, or acknowledged enough. Then you have the parents 
own experience of, of the diagnosis. And that can vary because some parents can fight for years and years and years to get a diagnosis for their child. And so when it finally happens, it can actually be a relief. Others can obviously be very devastated by it. Others who may have a disability themselves might just see it as, as you know, or might be neurodivergent in their own way, may find that it's that it's a blip it's fine we can we can move on from that so I really think every parent has a very different way of dealing with that and that's something that I think professionals need to be more I suppose understanding of and thirdly it's the whole emotional labor that parents have so just even before the diagnosis process which I think we all focus on even before that just accepting and maybe having understanding that there might be something amiss is really hard for a parent to deal with and then you then have to work out, okay, is that something I want to do something about? Is it something I should do something about? Then when you get the answer, do I move forward? So there's just always a struggle, I guess. And then once you receive a diagnosis, then the problem becomes, okay, well, how am I going to deal with this in everyday life? How do we get the support we need? How do I get family and friends on board, my partner on board? Um, you know, So it, there's all these different elements that I think that teachers and professionals you know, if they had a little bit more insight and understanding, that would probably change the way they communicate, particularly with parents and the way that maybe they, they structured sort of their services and how they help. What I'm hearing from you a, a lot as well, the things that aren't being said in what you're, you've just said is also the community around and the experience as a collective that parents of children with additional needs often face, that, you know, it's that lived experience that you just can't necessarily always get from other people from other professionals or even people who are trained in their skill set they don't necessarily understand that lived experience that other parents who have got children of varying needs that they understand you know that exactly that labor of that experience and what's involved in that and I think that that's you know a lot about what you do as well is you know building that community even in online platforms to be able to just show understanding and also ways in which to help professionals to be able to navigate that understanding yeah, yeah. And, and it's difficult because unless you live it you really can't understand it there's only so much obviously you can learn at university University and there's and every parent. I mean, I my experience is obviously different to other parents as well. And for a lot of people, I suppose it's even difficult. It took me ten good years to really unpack all this myself. As I said, my son's seventeen now, so I've been on this journey for seventeen years. You know, I was told seventeen years ago, okay, my son would never drive. All these things that he can't do, and even in that time, you know, it's changed in in how sort of you know a diagnosis and things are given. And so that's sort of like two pronged. It's sort of I want to help parents and give them sort of that understanding to go, you know what, it's going to be okay. And if you understand what you're up against in a way, if you understand that there's a lot of negativity out there, it doesn't mean it doesn't have to sort of, you know, affect your relationship with your child. It doesn't have to, you know, necessarily sort of affect sort of your experience. I think the more knowledge we all have, the better we are. And so that's why it's two-pronged. It's helping the parents, but also trying to go, okay, well, how can we actually give some some support and help to professionals as well? How can we sort of help, you know, them understand that, you know, the parent, like the focus is obviously on the child and helping the child, but there's such value and such assistance that, you know, can be given to the parents as well, because that's the relationship you guys have to have, you know, mm. in in ensuring that sort of the program, the therapy 
that you know you you you're providing actually does the job are you concerned about your child's communication and language skills a growing understanding speech pathology will help you and your child grow confidence and communication skills visit a growing understanding.com.au to make an appointment today when you're speaking to professionals what's your number one piece of advice that you impart on them about how to work with families as they're navigating that that new diagnosis one of it is something i learn as a parent myself um i think a lot of us have heard about the iceberg theory the principle whereas you know for our kids it's been rammed into me by i don't know how many different sort of occupational therapists speech pathologists etc but where what you're seeing the top of the iceberg is you know you might be seeing anger for instance with with my my son that was a big thing but really what's driving that is underneath the waterline you've got all these other emotions and it's funny that I, I've seen that so many times in relation to my children but never in relation to other parents and other adults and I think if we all sort of assumed that what we're seeing in behaviour in and in reactions from other people is really only the tip of the iceberg let's think a little bit deeper about what's driving that so what I do try and tell professionals is if you see a parent who might be sort of reacting sort of you know deeply in a way think about okay what might be driving if it's anger it could be that they feel out of control if they seem to be disengaged it could be they're completely overwhelmed by information you know so have a look at the actual don't judge I suppose you mean we we talk about our kids and we talk about in you know looking beyond the behavior and behaviors communication the exact same thing is the same for us of all ages because whether we're 7 or 70, you know, I think that that's, that, that's the, the key. Behaviour is communication. We really need to to look beyond what's being said and how it's being said and really try to, yeah, get what is this actually communicating. Yeah, I really like that. And so important, I think, as health professionals, we don't always consider the family's experience you know that we're trained and we've got our experience working with the child and so I think that's been the focus for a growing understanding is very much working with families and parents and to be able to support them to be able to support their child's feeding and communication skills and so I think it's really important that when we're reflecting on that interaction and those experiences with families that yeah that iceberg analogy is really important for you as a mum of three children have Have you got a particular piece of advice or a parenting hack that's worked well for you and your family that you might be able to share with any parents who are listening? I don't know. I think it's very difficult to distill parenting and particularly parenting when you've got three different children of different sort of, you know, neurotypes. But I suppose the, the biggest one is just to listen to your child. And I think to consider, as I went through with my children, a lot of it was focused on myself or focused on the professional, but not always on the child and what they want and need. And I think because my kids are getting older now, I think whatever age, whatever communication ability, we really need to put our children first and really talk them and consider them you know and bring them into the conversation so I think as a parenting hack I think a lot of the time if we actually talk to our kids and get to know them a lot of the time that really helps you know if you can have that line of communication you know you will understand what might be again driving their behavior and things little simple things like sort of you know just stopping in and checking in with them even if they supposedly don't want to like my two eldest teenagers now like locking themselves in their room and (laughs) being on their computers but I still you know go in and, and you know and talk to them every day and just make a note but make it specific so don't say how was your day that just never gets anything you know try and 
if you know they've had maths or if you know something's happened on a particular day, make it specific because particularly in my kids' case, my two oldest are on the spectrum, if I ask them how was your day, they feel like they've got to actually recount the whole entire day. So a little, I suppose a little hint, a little hack in a very long-winded answer is to is to actually, yeah, just be specific and to sort of, you know, to, to show that you care, but also, you know, doing in a way that they feel they can actually just give you, an you know, an, an answer that, that fits with them. Mm, that connection being mm. really important. Yeah. yeah. We want to know who you'd like to hear from or what topics you would like us to discuss so we can continue to grow together. Reach out via email to growingup at agrowingunderstanding.com.au. What about book reading? Because as a speech pathologist, storytelling, book reading is a really important part about our role and our profession. And I'm an avid reader and so are my children. What about in your family? Do you like to read? Do you have lots of books in your world? We do have a lot of books. I thought about it the other day. We have, oh, I don't know, multiple books in every room. So yeah, we we are a big family of of readers. My husband loves role playing and history and fantasy and sci-fi. I'm a sucker for Regency romances, so I loved Bridgerton, which was on Netflix recently, and so I've I've read that book and lots of others. And yeah, my kids are big readers too. So my son's very much into history. He's doing modern and ancient history at school in in the HSC, but he loves other some other books like John Flanagan's Brother Band. He loves those. My middle girl is exploring queer romance books at the moment as a teenager. So she's been reading these books called Heartstopper. They're, they're great books about boy meets boy. And she's loving that. And my youngest girl, who's 11, she be 11 this month. So don't go too fast there. She's loving Wings of Fire. And she's in this very fantasy dragon sort of phase. So we love books. We've got lots of them. And yeah, I'm very lucky that the kids are big readers. And what's your experience been with speech pathologists over the years apart? from you know with the children potentially but yeah dealing with them in your professional life as well I've had quite a few different interactions over the years so obviously I have with my my two oldest kids have been in speech therapy and have done you know social communication skills as well as my daughter had articulation issues when she was younger so we've done all that but um, I've also had experience with speech use with my father so prior to him passing away he actually had throat cancer and he ended up having to have his voice box removed so we dealt with speeches in a number of ways, sort of approaching that process and after, you know, to obviously help with his communication. So he was able to, you know, eventually sort of speak through with his stoma, with a HME device, and obviously with things like feeding and, and his nutrition, because obviously he lost a lot of weight in that time. So it's sort of funny how everything it revolves around. So sort of I'd been with, with speech therapists and pathologists in, in sort of one area with my kids, and then suddenly I saw the other end sort of with my father. So I've just got so much admiration for what you guys do, because I think the biggest issue particularly that I've seen with parents and, and a lot of the, the what they want with their kids is they just want to communicate. They just want to understand a lot of the time what their children are going through and particularly if you've got kids on the spectrum for instance that can be difficult they may be verbal but they may, may still have that difficulty my children have difficulty in explaining their feelings so I think having professionals there who can help with that communication you do other broad things but essentially for me that has been sort of the number one thing that I've been so grateful and appreciative of 
to to help with my own communication you know what I mean not just the kids so you learn so much along the way yourself it's a very diverse profession and I certainly mm. wasn't aware of that when I went to university all those years ago yeah. just how diverse the profession is and all of the different roles that we can take but really interesting that you see yourself and your role in communication in both yeah with your father mm. and also with your children about how important you upskilling you has been in that process for both reasons yeah mm. who should get in touch with you professionally if they're interested in inclusive parenting and what are the best ways that they can do so i've got two websites so i've got inclusive parenting which is my parenting website so my aim has always been to help parents and i've got a facebook page called inclusive parenting as well Obviously, I can only do so much with parents. I can't come in and do everything, but I really just want people to feel that they're less alone. So certainly parents should find me at Inclusive Parenting. And for professionals, I have kirstyrussell.com.au, which is my Kirsty Russell consulting site. And I'm really very interested in speaking and love to speak to teachers, for instance. I think we need to to help and support our teachers in dealing with parents and with, with children with additional needs in the schools, but also with occupational therapists, speech pathologists, psychologists, any specialists who feel that, you know, they'd like to enhance or have a better idea of the parent experience to enhance those relationships. I do a lot of work on sort of, you know, relationship. I was a relationship management prior to to leaving my public service position. So very passionate about creating relationships, helping people through difficult conversations, because I think if we can work together as a team, we can achieve so much, whether it's school, whether it's allied health, whatever the situation. Yeah, that certainly aligns with our perspective of things. It takes that village and it takes a community to be able to grow children and help them to be able to develop so that certainly aligns with us and what we feel and believe yeah so thank you so much for sharing your insights and your journey and i'm sure that our listeners have certainly taken a lot from what you've shared with us today thanks Thanks. kirsty thank you so much it's been great thanks for listening to growing up with a growing understanding speech pathology we love helping families navigate their parenting concerns and ensuring your child can grow and achieve Please rate and review wherever you're listening so we can continue to grow together.